Now, eventually I'm going to preach. <laughs> Can I ask you to do me a favor? Hands up in this room if you're new to this church in the last 12 months. Just put your hand up. In the last 12 months, you're new to this church. Right, hold it really high. Okay, yeah. Okay, it's a lot. I was thinking that at the 8 o'clock, at the, at the 8.30 service or the 10.30 service, that it would be like, you know, 10% of the room, and that at, at, at the 6 p.m. service last night, it would be half the room. I um, mean, sorry, it'd be like, yeah, more. Um, but it seems like half our church is new. <laughs> and uh, that's, I just love what God's doing, by the way. That's just more proof that when we took a hard stand for godliness, even though we thought that it was going to crush the church, we're going to lose all our finances, going to fire half our staff, that God came through and brought godly people like you into the room. And so thank you. But but I'm going to do something today. Um, I was going to preach um, on Genesis 17, but honestly, I, I was like, the only thing I could get out of that was let's have a circumcision service, and I just didn't know where to preach, okay? Like, and so I was like, you know, I, I just didn't know. That's all it's about, like name changes and circumcision. And I'm like, okay, I studied that thing for like 20 hours, and I had nothing. And I'm like, this is nuts. I can't do it. I'm so, I, I will do it though, all right? I'm not going to skip the hard bits of the Word of God. And next weekend is going to be a great sermon. Don't worry. No one's going to have to go under the knife, all right? That's, that, that's not, we, we have read the New Testament, all right? And, um, but I got to give this back to the girl that I borrowed it from <clears throat> because I actually, <clears throat> because I actually don't even know how to close it. So very emasculating, isn't it? When you have to borrow a knife from a woman and then have to give it back to her to figure out how to close the thing, right? <clears throat> and so, but I love that out of everyone in the green room, the only person who had a knife was Lindsay. And I'm like, <clears throat> Lindsay's like, if the haters come into this room, I got you. You know, I'm like, okay, 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 relax. She's crazy. She's got like a billion kids, so she's got to wield some authority, you know what I mean? But anyway. So, um, today I'm going to preach on a topic. Instead of that, I'm going to preach on something I was going to do next week. I was going to do it next week in hopes that I could find a better way to preach it or a new way to preach it, because I've preached it three other times um, over the last four years. Um, and uh, honestly, with uh, one day's notice, I can't, couldn't figure out a better way to preach it. Um, I talked to uh, different friends in the church, and they're like, just do it. I can't find a better way to talk to you about tithing. And I want a better example. I want a new example. Of, uh, and I'm like, I just can't find a better way. Um, before service, uh, last night, I'm up there going through all my sermon notes. And I'm like, maybe I'll just preach a whole different sermon because I just don't want to do this. You know what I mean? And I, I don't want to do it again. Um, and then, um, you know, and, and, and Ethan committed to never carrying the fruit again. And I'm like, man, if he's annoyed about it, like everybody's got to be annoyed about this. And somebody said, do you know how many people in this room will have never heard it? And it turns out it's about half the room. So to the other half the room who have been in the room for a sermon on fruit and veg, give me a wave. Give me a wave, right? Now, number one, if you've been in the room for it and you're still not doing it, it's also for you again. Can we just put that out there? All right. Like, so you're like, this is great for the new bit. It's great for you. <laughs> and so um, also Doug started speaking on tithing at the men's event on Thursday morning. And I was like starting to feel like maybe I need to too. So Doug like sort of threw some water out there, which was nice of him. Um, like who speaks on tithing, by the way, at a men's event? You know what I mean? Well, Doug does. Why? Because it's changed his life. And he'll tell you that. Tell you that. Changed his life. You can share something that changes someone's life. Why wouldn't you, right? And so I figured, hey, after last week's message on judgment, the gauntlet that I threw out online, hosting DeSantis this week, the haters are all going to hate us anyway. So while the haters are hating, we may as well go all in and preach on money too. Okay? So having said that, turn in your Bibles with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5 says, Come now, you rich, you weep and you howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. 
Your riches have rotted, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Um, that's not talking about you fluoro people. Okay? Will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasures in the last days. Behold the wages of laborers who mowed your fields, which kept you, sorry, which you kept back by fraud, are crying against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word, and I thank you that the word of God is good for correction, for reproof, for rebuke, for discipline, for encouragement, Lord God, for direction, Lord God, that it is good for every area of our lives. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would use this message today, Lord God, and the openness of your people's hearts to transform yet another area of their lives. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, high five one of your neighbors. You may take your seats. Finally. All right. So I'm just going to jump right in there. And um, so, um, now, by the way, many preachers are scared to preach on money. Uh, even though money is mentioned, money, wealth, investing is mentioned more in the Bible than faith or prayer, okay? And uh, so many people, they'll preach on faith, they'll preach on prayer, but they won't preach on money, even though it's even in there more. We need to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. We don't want to be a church that preaches things that only tickle our political fancies, right? But, but we want to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. Can somebody say amen, right? And the Word of God does have instruction for your money as well. So if you're new, you're lucky to be here the one week of the year that I spend the whole sermon talking about that. So money's involved in every single area of your life, right? It's in, it costs money to buy this shirt uh, from the Hodge twins. It, it, it costs money to buy this hat. Uh, in, 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 I bought it in Huntington Beach. It costs money to get there. It costs money to eat while I was there. It costs money to put shoes on while I was there. It costs money to wear socks while I was there so I could go for a run while I was there. It all costs money, right? And uh, so every area of your life is affected by your money. So if God can bless your money, it stands to reason that that can like trickle down and touch every single area of your lives. And so this message will help you live a fuller, more abundant life. But here's the thing, more important than favor, more important than abundance, more important than blessing is I just want to live in obedience to God, okay? That's it for me. Um, that's it. That should be it for you. There will be abundance. There will be favor. There will be blessing. But that should not be your motivation because God is not a vending machine. Can someone say amen? So blessing or not, favor or not, abundance or not, there's an opportunity right now for growth and obedience in your lives. So we look at what that means in your finances. I just read that scripture to you just before from James chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. Uh, and it ends with the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. It started with, now listen to me, you rich folks, you weep and you wail, right? Basically, you're complaining. And, uh, and I want you to know that, that James isn't uh, hating on rich folks. Um, it's actually God who says that if you give, I'll give back, press down, shaking together, running over, pour it into your lap. It is God who says, I will protect your harvest. It is God who says it's a good thing to receive, uh, to receive wealth from the Lord and the good health to enjoy it. So God is not against that at all, nor is James, okay? James is not saying rich people suck. He's saying you rich people suck. There's a difference, right? So he's not saying that you suck because you're rich. He's saying, you, you rich people over here, you're the worst, and I want to beat you over the head, and so I'm going to right now, and then he just lays them out uh, with the word of God. And, um, and so as we, as we read this, it's a little confusing, isn't it? Because you see that their, 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 props aren't, their crops aren't protected, their treasure is eroding, uh, moth is eating their stuff. Um, but that's interesting because God promised to open the floodgates of heaven over our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, to, and he promised, give me a moment, sorry. <clears throat> oh my, there we go. Uh, and he promised to protect our treasures from decay. He promised to protect it from the mouth of the moth. And so the important question to ask is why, after he promised that, is that not happening for these specific 
rich people. You know, why is God not protecting their stuff? Why is God not preventing the moth from eating it? Okay, so we're going to look at what these people were doing and what God told them that they need to change. I want to be clear, being wealthy is not a sin, okay? Being wealthy is not a sin, all right? There's no such thing as being ungodly because you're wealthy, all right? Uh, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it at all. In fact, you are wealthy. iPhone, drive a car, and earn five times more than the average income of the world, um, nearly 12 times more, then, then, then you are the super rich. Let me say it again. You are the super rich. So if you behave in the way that these people did in the Word of God, then you are the ones that James is picking on because you're the super rich. So there's four types of wealth in Scripture. There's the ungodly. If that's you, um, I know that some people in the poor, uh, some people are poor because they're ungodly. Now, they're not ungodly because they're poor, and it's not ungodly to be poor, but some people are poor because they are ungodly. Did you hear what I'm saying, right? Sometimes because of their ungodliness, they are and they will stay poor. <clears throat> An example of that would be people who are lazy, right? Scripture says that a worker is due his wages, but it does not say that someone who's not willing to work is due any wages, okay? You notice in Scripture it talks about widows and orphans. It does not talk about taking care of lazy men. Find me a scripture that says that, we, that, 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 that proper true religion is taking care of lazy men. It's widows and orphans, okay? Now, I'm not saying it's not about people who are willing to work but cannot work or willing to work but have a disability or willing to work but can't find work. But in Iowa, I, I think you can find some work. But it's talking about people who, who, who they want to be rich, they want to have money, but they're not willing to clean a toilet. They're not willing to take a job. They're not willing to do the work. They lust after what others have, but are not willing to do what others done to get there, okay? See, what's the difference between lust and inspiration? Well, lust sees somebody's Maserati and says it's unfair, it's not, if they only and blah, 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 and they don't pay their fair share and blah, 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 that's lust. Inspiration says, sweet Maserati, I'm gonna do the work to get one of those one day. That's inspiration. There's a difference between lust and inspiration, okay? By the way, within the ungodly poor, uh, particularly if you consider yourself in the poor in America, what we find is a lot of people in America, not even the poor, but just people in America complaining about the rich. I'm so sick of hearing people complaining about the rich. Can I just put that out there? Like, I'm not one of them. I'll never ever be the person that writes a million dollar check all right, I, I, I'm not that guy. I'll never get to write a million dollar tax check, okay? But listen, I'm not going to complain about them because I understand something. Here's the thing. If you're complaining about the super rich in America, can I tell you that the top 10% of people, of earners in America paid for the road you drove on to get here? You didn't. It's our road. Nope, it's their road. They paid for it. We, we spend so much time complaining about the super rich, we're like, oh, they're super rich and they don't pay their fair share, even though they pay, literally, they pay 80% of every piece of money that the federal government gets comes from only the top 10% of earners in America. Yep. 
and we complain about it. I know people who have had to write million-dollar tax checks, right? Million-dollar tax checks. Can you imagine having to write a million-dollar tax check to somebody that hates you and complains about you to benefit people who hate you and complain about you? No, seriously. Can you imagine having to do that? Like, I, I would be mad. I'd be like, this is the dumbest thing on earth. I'll do it. I'll submit to the governing authorities in my life. But flipping heck, a little bit of thank you might go a long way. Seriously, a little bit of, wow, I wouldn't have a road if not for this guy. I, I, come on, right? The people that complain, they don't pay their fair share, haven't done the math, haven't educated themselves on actually who is paying what they're paying. I don't know about you, but if I was earning millions of dollars writing million-dollar checks to the government, it'd be a lot easier to write that check if they were said, just be like, thank you. Thanks for the road. Thanks for the school. Thanks for the hospital. Thanks for the defense force. Come on, anybody else, right? Come on, is it right? You can clap at that. But right now, somebody's like, somebody in here is like, I hate this church. Yeah, because you're ungrateful. Change your heart. Ungratefulness. God, God hates ungratefulness. He hates it. Change your heart. Be grateful. That is an example of ungodly poor. And they will stay poor until they get grateful. They will stay poor. Another example would be stubborn people. Proverbs 13, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Another people, people who make excuses. Well, if I had what they had, you'd be just as poor as you are now because your attitude needs to change. Come on now. The, if I had what they had, look, no, 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 you'd be just as broke as you are now in about 10 years. Why? Because you didn't change your attitude. Someone say amen. Man, this is the harshest sermon on money you have ever heard. Am I right? Come on now, right? But also, I would just end it with this. It's time for the ungodly poor to try it another way. And maybe God's way will elevate them out of poverty. Can we get an amen, right? Then there's another type of poor. There's the godly poor. So on the flip side of that, um, the being poor is not ungodly. Um, and being poor is not godly. But within the poor, there are ungodly people who are poor because they're ungodly. And within the poor, there are, there are godly people as well. Mother Teresa was no more saved or sanctified than the richest person in this room. Uh, being poor does not mean that you're not saved either. It doesn't mean anything about your salvation, okay? Um, but I want to show you that some really important things about the, un, about the godly poor, okay? Now remember, this is not you, okay? It is not you. You're very egocentric if you look at just your situation. Don't realize how you are when you look at the rest of the world, okay? This is not you, all right? However, if you feel poor, I want you to know God protects the poor. A good warning to people is Proverbs 22. Do not exploit the poor because of their poverty. Do not crush the needy in court, for the Lord will take up their case in exact life for life, okay? We don't want to do that. Scripture does also say, by the way, don't show favoritism to the poor because they're poor, but judge rightly. Do the right thing. Don't judge them harsh because they're poor. Don't judge them easy because they're poor. Just have a proper weighted scale and do the right thing, okay? But there is a warning that if you're going to take advantage of the poor because they're poor, that God's going to mess with you. And you will not like it. Amen? You will not like the consequences, okay? But if you feel poor, Psalm 113 says, He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heaps. He sits them with princes and the princes of his people. I want to tell you, if you're watching online, because there's probably no one here, but there may be someone somewhere else, if you're poor, you will not pay, stay poor forever. Amen? You ready for the next one? Then there's the ungodly rich, okay? That's people like Pharaoh, King Herod, the rich young ruler. People who put their trust in finances, not their trust in God. People who forgot where the blessing in their lives even came from. This is who James was writing the letter to that we read at the start. They are the ungodly rich, okay? They're, they're, they're rich, but they're ungodly. They don't do the right things. This is people who abuse their workers. They did not pay a fair rate, uh, or they didn't even pay at all. They were ungodly with their wealth. They were ungodly with their power. Scripture says that we're supposed to be a kind and fair boss. We're supposed to be honest, pay a worker their wages. We're even meant to leave a little bit around the edge for the poorest in the land, okay? 
What they're talking about with that was, let's say you're a farmer, all right? And later on, I'm going to pretend we're all farmers again. But let's pretend you're a farmer and you've got a field. It's full of watermelons. It's full of something. And then, so you, 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 you harvest that field. But, but scripture says to leave a, a, a little of that around the edge of the field, okay? And so around your field, there are watermelons still left to be picked all the way around the edge. Now, what are they for? That's for the poor. That's so that the poor and the needy and the widows and the orphans can come and have some watermelon as well. They could pick it, they could sell it, they could eat it, they can do what they want with it, but scripture tells us to always leave room around the edges for the widows and for the orphans, okay? Now, the, how does that relate to you? Well, if your budget doesn't leave any room to help someone else in need, you are behaving like the ungodly rich. Uh-oh. I know, some people are in here like, snap, I'm changing it tomorrow, right? <clears throat> no, seriously, okay, is there anything wrong with driving a BMW? No. Is there anything wrong with driving a Lincoln Navigator? No, nothing wrong with it at all. But here's the thing, if driving that Lincoln Navigator has now meant you can't tithe, and there is no more room left around the edge for someone in need in your life, now your Lincoln Navigator is sinful. Because that Lincoln Navigator has now prevented you from being able to tithe. That's ungodly. That Lincoln Navigator has now prevented you from being able to look after someone else in need. It doesn't mean leave room for the world. Just leave room for somebody. That you could help somebody. That you could bless somebody. That you could pay groceries for somebody. That you could do something for somebody else. Can I get an amen? That's when your Lincoln Navigator is a problem and has become an idol in your life because it's prevented you from doing godly things with your finances. But if that Lincoln Navigator still, you're still tithing, you're still leaving room around the edges for other people, hey, God bless you, enjoy that thing, drive real fast, get speeding tickets, pay the price, it's worth it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kids, don't speed. I never do it. I, I never, ever speed. <laughs> what am I even talking about now? Oh, we're up to the godly rich. All right. So now there's also um, a group of people that are rich and they're godly. And most of them are rich because they're godly. Okay. But it doesn't mean that if you're godly, you're going to be rich. Okay. But that God doesn't pour out his favor on ungodliness. Okay? Some people may get rich by scheming and being a, 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 a moron and ungod whatever else. But God pours his favor out on godliness, not ungodliness. Okay? These are the people who obey God's command. These are people that understand what God calls us to do with our finances. They're people who honor God with their money and honor people with their money. Uh, they're the generous ones. They're, they're, they're generous to God. They're generous to people. And uh, we want to make sure that we are the godly ones, that we are the generous ones, not the ungodly ones, um, <clears throat> and not the stingy ones, okay? And so what I want to do for you now is I want to read uh, the Word of God because uh, if I remember the ungodly rich that we talked about earlier, their wealth was decaying uh, and the moth was eating their stuff. And as I read that, it sounds so familiar to that passage in Malachi, but Malachi speaks of an opposite thing happening in your life. It doesn't speak of, uh, it speaks of your, the moth and the pest not eating your stuff. It speaks of, of your, your treasure not corroding. It speaks of it lasting longer. It speaks of God protecting your wealth. It speaks of God pouring out his wealth, but that's not what these ungodly people in James were experiencing. So I want to read that for you and see what went wrong. <clears throat> now, Malachi, the Italian prophet, said um, that in verse 6, that I, the Lord, do not change. Let's just pause for a second right there. I've got a sermon for you on I, the Lord, do not change. Are you ready? How come people be like, they're like, well, God changed his mind on that. I'm like, yeah, he literally writes, I don't change. Three, like five words before what he's about to say. And y'all like, yeah, but he changed. Like, wait, what? Are you kidding me right now? Like, all right. He, he's, okay, let's, let, let's step even further away from the sermon for a second. I get so frustrated when people try to tell me that if I don't hear the words out Jesus' mouth, I don't believe what you're saying about whatever moral issue, right? 
Like, let's take uh, gay marriage, for example, okay? So people are like, if I don't hear Jesus forbidding it, then I, uh, I, I'm not going to listen to you. So I'm like, well, number one, uh, Jesus quoted Genesis, but he didn't quote one verse in Genesis. He quoted two different verses from chapters apart in Genesis and smashed them together, okay? So he goes like this. He goes, um, <clears throat> he goes uh, in the beginning, God created the male and female, Next verse that's not even connected in script in Genesis rolls another one and says, and for this reason a man shall leave his mother uh, and father and be united to his wife. So in that moment, Jesus smashes together two unconnected scriptures to make one point that marriage is a man and a woman and they ought to stay together. Hello, right? Now people be like, well, well what if this? And what if? I'm like, and, but, but even if Jesus didn't say that, which he very clearly did, okay, like, why is he pulling this one with this one and going like that, all right? But even if he didn't, Jesus said, I am, I and the Father are one. What's that? I and the Father are one. The, our God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end, he talks about how marriage is for a man and a woman, and the other is an abomination of sin against your own body. From, from Matthew through to Revelation in the New Testament, same story. So we have the Father telling us what it is, and we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. But yeah, even if Jesus didn't say it, the onus is not on me to show you where he said it. The onus is on you to show me where God changed his mind. Because I and the Father are one. Do you hear what I'm saying? So well, I don't need to. You need to show me where God just randomly changed his mind. He was like, I designed it this way, but just kidding. Show me where he changed his mind. Come on, anyone say amen to that, amen. right? Take that same attitude, though, and put it with tithing. Show me where God changed his mind. Come on, show me where God decided, where God's like, you know, I'm just kidding. You don't need to do that, all right? But he didn't change his mind. As Doug said on Thursday morning, tithing precedes the law. So not being under the law is not it because it didn't come with the law. It came before the law when Abraham tithed to Malachi, sorry, tithed to Melchizedek, who was the priest king. Tithing preceded the law and it stuck around after the law. <clears throat> but even then, I'll give you Jesus' own words. People come up to Jesus and they're like, yo, Jesus, should we tithe or look after widows and orphans? And again, it's widows and orphans, right? Not lazy men. But should we tithe or, or look after widows? And he's like, ah, both. Literally, Jesus said both. He's like, do the former without neglecting the latter. Do both. Tithe and look after widows and orphans. So, so I, the Lord, do not change. Y'all see where we landed there? I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed ever since the time of your ancestors. You've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Now, you may ask me, how shall we return, Lord? Will a, and God then, and, and sorry, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But then you'll ask me, how are we robbing you, God? And I'll say, in tithes and offerings. So you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not even be enough room to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. I'll prevent the vines in your fields from dropping their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty, and all nations will see it and call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. I do not change. Don't rob me. And Jesus says the same thing. See, the ungodly rich did not honor God with the tithe. And they did not honor others with the blessing. If they had used what God gave them to love others and to honor God, then he would continue to stop their vines from dropping its fruit, stop their treasure from corroding, and poured out so much favor on their lives there would not be room to store it. Today I want to show you the first thing God calls us to do with our finances. You get a job, the first thing you need to do is start tithing with your finances. And I don't understand people. Some people like churches are money hungry. I'm like, this is one sermon a year, even though it's mentioned more than prayer and faith. Let me say this to you. Anyone that says that, that says the church is money hungry, 
they're the ones who are money hungry. They refuse to hear a sermon that talks about their idols in their lives. I'm not going to be that guy. I want to honor God with it. Can someone say amen? Some people are a little nervous about that. They're like, oh, you didn't know that a sermon on money could be so harsh, did you? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to show you what a tenth is, okay? Can I get my, um, my little tables up here? Can I have my bank account? And could I have the offering bucket, please? Thank you. All right. So let's pretend we're all veggie farmers, right? Now, what we're doing is, yeah, you can pass that to me. I got gotcha. you. Thank you, mate. You're a legend. Can you climb up there, one of you blokes? There we go. Let's go. Giddy up. All right. There it is, right there. Okay. Now, y'all are veggie farmers, okay? Now, check this out, okay? Don't worry. Service is going to close soon. I just need 10 more minutes of your time. Um, you're a veggie farmer. You're collecting all your veggies. Let's pretend you're paid with fruits. You're paid with veggies, okay? Uh, and then now remember that everything you have comes from the Lord. Who gave you the ability to generate wealth? Yeah, that's right. Who gave you the ability to generate wealth? The Lord, right? It all comes from God. Actually, Scripture says every good and perfect thing comes from the Father of heavenly lights, okay? The good stuff in your life comes from God. The ability to do it comes from God as well, okay? And so... Excuse me. So when all that God has given me comes in, all right, I start coming in. And so my workers are bringing me the fruits of my business, the fruit of my ability to generate wealth. And I've got, a, I've, I've got apples coming in now. Um, and so, so, so you guys can come out here. Just don't pop it on the table yet, all right? Just get ready. Okay. So now these guys here, th these guys have all brought in all my, all my apples from my apple farm. And I love apples. They are absolutely delicious, right? And I, I'm going to give the first bag of apples to God, and then all the rest straight on my table, boom, there it is, okay? So now that, that's all mine. So one bag of apples goes to me. Nine, sorry, one bag of apples goes to God. Nine bags of apples go to me. Pretty cool deal, right? Now, all of it came from God. I'm just honoring him back with the first fruits, okay? And I get to enjoy the nine. Then I've got watermelons coming in. And then I'm like, all right, I love watermelons. My wife makes this watermelon slushy thing where she drills a hole in the top, puts a blender in there, stirs it all up, and, uh, and, and then in, and, and makes this watermelon slushy in there, puts enough sugar in there uh, to give you diabetes, quick, smart, and a hurry, right? Um, me, personally, I, uh, I think it's way more fun to shoot watermelons with shotguns. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, but they're great. So I'm like, God, before I enjoy the, uh, the privilege of um, blowing things up in this great state of Iowa, I'm going to give the first one to you. Do what you want with it, Lord. So I give God the first watermelon. There it is, okay? And then all the rest are uh, mine. And then, um, oh, we're missing someone, aren't we? There we go. Doo -doo -doo. And then we've got pineapples, all right? And so now I love pineapples as much as I want to have all the pineapples. They're one of my favorite fruits. I love pineapple on pizza, and I know you Americans aren't into that. Y'all like pineapple doesn't go on pizza. Can I just tell you you're wrong? You're not Italian. You don't get to set the rules. Like, okay? Like, be like if some flippin' Australian told you the new rules for hot dogs, all right? Like, no, Chicago gets to set the rules for hot dogs, not you, all right? And so same with pineapples. They are, it's meant for pizza. It's why God made it. And um, with Canadian bacon, I know, I'm breaking all the rules. There we go. And so, so anyway, so pineapple, um, I'm going to, I want to make 10 pizzas, but I'm going to give the first one to God, okay, and then the rest go there. You guys can wait by the table, that's fine, just don't let it touch my bank account yet, all right, okay, um, and then onions, hands up if you're one of the, the weird freaks that likes to eat onions raw, yep, good, yep, but some people are like, you know, you did just call me a name, I'm not sure if I want to respond to that, and so I reckon times that by 10 is how many of you weirdos there are in the room, um, but I hear it's really healthy for you, so live long and prosper, all right? Come on now, right? But, um, but I'm going to give the first bag of um, onions to the Lord, uh, and then I'll let you come to my house and eat some of the onions at my house later on, all right? Uh, and then I've got coming in bacon, uh, which is a fruit because this is Iowa. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> this... This is the fruit of the land right here. And to be honest, 
I, I thought you all a bunch of weird freaks the way, the way you love bacon and pork and everything. Uh, look, 10 years deep, I'm addicted to this stuff. Like, like I'd never had a pork chop, by the way, till I moved to America. Uh, and it just seemed like a really filthy, dirty idea. And now I don't even care it's filthy or dirty because I want that thing right now, you know? So good. I don't know if you've ever been to Val and Bambi's house, but Val can cook a mean pork chop, right? Like you have never tasted in your life. Come on now. And so anyway, but I got very sidetracked by the bacon. 100% American now, aren't I, right? <laughs> but um, the first one goes to God, all right? God, that is your bacon. You can have it. And we'll put that up the front because I know it's your favorite. And so, and then I get the rest of the bacon, okay? Now we got some capsicums, or you call them peppers. You're wrong. It's a capsicum. But, um, but these capsicums here are delicious. My kids love taking capsicums to school. Um, look, I've got weird kids. They actually like fruit and veggies. Uh, honestly, a part of that is because we tell them if you don't eat it, you're staying there until you do. Uh, amazing how much they'll eat if they're never allowed to leave the room, ever, you know? And, uh, but anyway, our kids love them. They take them to school. Um, but as much as Charlie wants to take a bag of capsicums to school, I'm going to leave this one here uh, because that one's for God and the other nine are for me and Charlie. And then we've got tomatoes, or as you would say, tomatoes. Um, again, you're wrong, but we'll go with this. Um, you know who invented the language, right? It wasn't you. It's from England. You know the language is not called American. It's called English. Problem is, there's like a heck of a lot more of you than there is of them, so you're like, it'll just be what we say it is. Uh, by the way, Queen, this is how you speak from now on, you know? And so anyway, tomatoes, as y'all would say. Um, first one goes to God, the next nine go to me. Isn't it awesome how much I get to keep? And then bananas, again, y'all with your wrong words, you know? Uh, bananas, anyway, um, the way you say bananas sends me bananas, I'm just saying, all right? And, um, but anyway, we've got a thing of bananas, and uh, man, that was like a, a mixture of both just then, wasn't it? That was confusing. That's how my kids sound. They sound like sort of like broken rednecks, you know, because they've got us and you that they're learning from. But anyway, I love bananas. They're amazing. I always put like a bunch in the back of my shirt when I go on bike rides, you know. Sometimes I do these 100-mile bike rides, and I'll have like eight bananas stuffed in my shirt, and by the end of the day, I've eaten them all. And, um, but no bike rides until I've given God his tent. And so uh, you can throw the potatoes, or sorry, potatoes or whatever you call them. And, um, and so uh, anyway, first bag to God. Um, the, the next, uh, the next uh, niner for me. Um, I'm also a patient um, overlord. You know, take your time bringing me my stuff, whatever. Uh, citrus. I'm um, going to love lemons. I do love lemons. I, I love taking like four lemons and squeezing them all into a glass. Um, you know when you're not feeling well, you want to have like, oh, I'll just put like half a glass of lemon, uh, literally fresh squeezed lemon, and then add some honey, and then add some hot water. Some of y'all thought I was going to say whiskey, didn't you? No, 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 no. Add some hot water in that thing right there, and uh, it'll cure you quick, smart, in a hurry. And I love that. Um, but anyway, first one goes to God. Even if I'm not feeling well, I'm still going to give the first tenth to God. Right? And then I get the rest. And it's falling off my table. It's falling off because there's an overflow. Because he pour out so much blessing that there will not be room to contain it. Because I'm giving God the tenth. And now we got some more citrus. Um, God, you get, the, you get the first one. There's nothing more disappointing than ordering some soda water at the, at, at the restaurant, and then they bring it with a lime. I'm like, I want a lime, I want a lemon. Come on now. But okay, I want a lime, apparently. And, um, but anyway, God can have that. Hey, carrots, carrots. You know how carrots can make you see better? Hands up if you know that. Give me a wave. All right, now listen. It's not true. No, it's actually not true. Other than eating healthy in general makes your body better. But did you know, do you know where this comes from? I'm going to use up all my overtime to tell you this story. All right. So the, uh, in World War II, the Germans were like, why can the English bomb so accurately? Right? I don't even know what language that was. But my grandpa's German, so I'm allowed to mock them as much as I want. Right? Uh, there's a lot of German in me. And so... Uh, and the Germans were like, why, can they act, why are they so accurate? And, uh, and, then, and so the English, who didn't want them to hear about their new technology, I can't remember if it was like some sort of uh, precision radar or something that they were using, 
Um, and uh, so to, to cover the fact that they had this great new technology, they started a rumor that, um, well, English pilots eat a lot of carrots <clears throat> so they can see better and then they can bomb better. And so Germans all started eating more carrots for that reason. So they believed it and so did you. But it's not true at all. Anyway, first bag to God. <laughs> you all didn't care about that story at all. <laughs> I can have the rest and trick other people. Oh, yeah, more for the Germans again, some sauerkraut. And, um, and so I give the first... My grandpa loved sauerkraut. I'm like, I don't even get it. It's, it's literally called sour and kraut, and, like, kraut was a cuss word for Germans, and sour sucks anyway. So it's like nothing about the name is good. Like, literally, here, you want some, some trash food, is literally what this is called. Anyway, um, but, but nonetheless, before I bless my German friends, I give the first one to God, and then I get the rest. Uh, how many more have we got? Three more? All right, let's go fast, guys. Let's go fast, all right? Uh, and then I'll reward you at the end. Brussels sprouts, again, um, I don't even get it. Um, um, my mum used to boil them. So disgusting. Like, that is just not what you do. I found out, though, that if you smother it in bacon and honey, it's nice. But why not just eat some bacon and honey? Anyway, so, but the first bag goes to God, the rest go to me. Throw it up there. Put it, try and get it up here if you can. Is it possible? Try and get, oh, no, it's not. Don't step on that. It'll be super weird. Um, cucumbers, my kids also take this to school, particularly Charlie. He loves it. First one goes to me. The next one goes, the next nine, sorry, yeah, thank you for that. The first one goes to God. Next nine go to me. And that's a lot of cucumbers. We're running out of space, aren't we? But I reckon we can get more up there anyway. Watch. There we go. We can get that one. Last one. This is it? All right. Come on over, guys. Get ready for it. All right. Check this out. A tenth to God. 90% to me. That's tithing. <clears throat> so let's just take a moment and look at how much I got and how much God asked for. Here's what the ungodly people do. By the way, this isn't specifically them, but some ungodly people would be like this. Man, I just feel like I want to bless the Mathis family. I just want to bless you guys. I did not bless them. I robbed God to bless them. You see what I'm saying? Let's, let's, yeah. His wife just goes, give it back, give it back. Give it back, give it back. We don't want that. We don't want that cursed banana. We like bananas, you know. This is also what they were doing. They were hungry. Like, I want to eat something. So they roll over here, and they take an apple. How shady does it look, getting hungry, having a table like that, and going over there to get an apple? And according to the word of God, when we don't tithe, we're eating God's apples. When he gave us this many apples. And we want to be godly. Now listen, here's the thing. You are super rich. You're at least rich. You're probably super rich. If you're honest, okay? Now, you may not be super wise or a super good steward, but on a world standard, you're super rich. You can become super wise and you can become a good steward. Just not enough room to store it. <laughs> You can become super rich. Sorry, super wise. And you can honor God with your first fruits. So if we are rich, the question is, will we be the godly rich 
or will we be the ungodly rich? And those of us who tithe and leave room, you may not be able to leave room to pay for someone's groceries. Especially after this inflation garbage. But you can leave room to give someone 10 or $20 if they're desperate or to put a little bit of gas in someone's tank. Or you can leave room to be able to invite a family over for dinner when you found out that they can't afford dinner or to make an extra portion to take to their house. You can leave room and you can tithe. <clears throat> and God says, if you do that, this 90 will go far further than that 100 ever could. Those who don't do this, their treasure erodes and testifies against them to God. But to those who do honor God and people with their wealth, their treasure will testify to the world that God has been good. Amen. So I want to encourage you today to start tithing. To start tithing. To trust God. I know it's hard. It's hard to line any area of your life up with God's word. And I do not say this just so that the church will be blessed. However, statistically speaking, somewhere between 20 and 35% of, uh, 20, somewhere between 20 and 30% of our church tithes. So statistically speaking, somewhere between 70 and 80% of our church is not behaving godly in that area of their lives. Statistically speaking, I think we might be better at Eternity Church. Can you even imagine how much food there would be in God's house if all God's people we're willing to line every area of their life up with God's word. Amen? Can you imagine the staff we could hire to work in the prisons, the staff we could hire as chaplains in schools? Oh, they won't let us in the schools? Okay, fine. The staff we could hire as chaplains across the road from the schools, standing there ready and available for anyone that wants it. I would pay for a chaplain to, to, to stand across the road from a school all day praying. Right? Can you imagine what we could do as a church? if the storehouse was full. Amen. So I want to encourage you, if you don't tithe, start tithing and watch God pour out his favor on your life. But don't treat him like a vending machine. And if you're like six months later, it's not great yet. It's not about that. It's about honoring God. However, at some point, whether it's a month, a week, a year, two years, you will say, wow, God has been good to me. Amen. So would you all stand up with me right now? You received that word? Ah, the Lord, do not change. Kind of tricked you with that one, but it wasn't my plan. Do not change. So you show me where he did. If not, let's get on it. Let's get honorable and honor God with the first fruits of our lives. Amen? Hands up if you've already experienced that as a blessing in your life, right? Okay, you can put your hands down. So everyone else, they're telling you right now, God does honor you. Give and it will be given back to you. Press down, shake it, run it over, pour it into your life. We're going to close the service in one minute. We've already given people an opportunity to give their lives to Christ. So whether you're here, <clears throat> Audubon or Owine, come down the front for prayer if you want prayer. Maybe you're like, man, I'm not super wise with my finances. My finances are a mess. Hey, God can give you wisdom. You know you can get prayer for that. It's okay. Come down the front. We're not going to assume that everyone who comes down the front is not tithing. We're going to assume that everyone who comes down the front wants God's favor and blessing and help in their finances, or whatever other area of their lives. Is there issues in your marriage? Come get prayer. Is there issues in your health? Come get prayer. Is there issues in your, with your relationships with family or kids? or whatever? Come get prayer. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for strength. Ask God for healing. If you care about it, God cares about it. Amen. So whoever you are, no matter what need you have in your life, your Father cares. So come down the front in a moment and ask for God to help you in that area of your life. But I want to pray for everyone before you go. Before I pray to, if you're new, don't forget to get your free gift from the Fluoro Yellow Legends that are out there in the lobby. They're amazing. Some of my most favorite people in Iowa are the Fluoro people. So go find them. They want to help you, get you whatever you need. So, all right, let's pray. Everybody pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person in this room, in that room and in, the, in that room, God, all directions of Iowa. God, I thank you that in this church, we do want to honor you with, every area of our lives. And I just pray that in this area as well, God, that you would help us to take that step of faith 
to line up yet another area of our lives with your word. And I pray you pour out your favor and your blessing. God, though we don't want to do it for the vending machine's sake, but God, we do know that you made a promise to us that if we do, that if we test you in this one area, that you'll open the floodgates of heaven on our lives and pour out so much blessing, there'll be an overflow. We won't even be able to contain it and it'll end up blessing everyone else around our lives as well. So God, I pray for that to happen in the lives of every faithful person. And God, I also pray that in your house, this house, Eternity Church, that you would pour out your favor on this house. That God, you would pour out so much resource that we're looking for opportunities to do more good in this place, to use the resource that you gave. God, I pray that you help us to never ever put um, money over truth, money over gospel. But God, as we focus on the truth, focus on the mission, focus on the gospel, you would pour out your favor and blessing on our storehouse and there'd be an overflow and people would look and see that this is a place blessed by God in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. 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 God bless you. Have a wonderful week. I love you. Don't forget about Tuesday and also ladies, don't forget about Fearless on Friday night. <clears throat> I think, I think it's getting tight. Is reserve seating is closed. All right. So for the first like 15, 20 minutes, we'll let and get the reserve seating in. But after that, we'll just stack them, pack them, and rack them. So just show up. All right. Come on now. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.